Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 29th, 2018. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 20, uh, the fifth paragraph down. Um, Today's readers are Mary Jane Z on the 12 Steps, Kathy G on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Kathleen O and Chrissy G. The uh, reference numbers for yesterday's special edition on Sunday, January 28th is 10,974. And the reference number for this morning, Monday, 7 a.m. meeting, is 10,978. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Jane Z to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. This is Mary Jane Z, Recovered in Kentucky. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, As a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Jane Z. And I will now ask Kathy G. to read our 12 traditions. Thanks, Kathy, and good morning, everyone. Thanks for your service today. This is Kathy G. from Illinois, a grateful compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study on page 20 of the big book, the fifth paragraph down, uh, that begins, moderate drinkers have little trouble, and we will read and study three paragraphs, and I will ask Kathleen O. to get us started. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Then we have a certain type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker, but at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. And again, this is Kathleen O. in California. Um, so this is basically telling us that um, there's three types, and, and, you know, a person can start as a moderate or a... Um, or a hard and progress to a real because this is a progressive disease and it's really to me about it boils down to choice and control so you know if if I ask myself can I control how much I eat and the answer is yes then I'm probably a moderate or a hard eater and 
If I ask myself, can I choose to stop once I start, and the answer is yes, then I'm probably a moderate or a hard eater. Um, But personally, I think I came out of the womb um, the real deal because I can't remember a time in my life where I ever thought I could get enough to eat. I was always, from a young child, I was always obsessing about food and never feeling like I could get enough. And so, you know, um, if with the moderate drinker, the moderate drinker can, or the moderate eater in our case, they can use self-will and self-knowledge and control what they're doing. The hard eater also can use self-will and self-knowledge. But the real compulsive overeater cannot use self-will and self-knowledge. I had plenty of it, but it just no longer worked. You know, I am genetically wired this way. And thankfully, you know, there is hope. I mean, we can recover from this. If you're like me and you can't stop once you start, when you do muster up enough willpower to, you know, stop, you know, go on a diet, but you can't stay stopped, you know, there's hope. And it's it's really, it's not about the meetings. The meetings are really important. But, um, you know, I went to, I was going to meetings and it was not stopping that phenomenon of craving that I had in my head. And and I needed something more. And really continuing, you know, it's about finding a power greater than myself, working these steps, uh, sufficient, you know, having a spiritual awakening sufficient to bring about recovery, and then continuing to do this every single day because I can't rest on my laurels. If I sit back and don't do something for a day, I start having that crazy thinking in my head. And it truly is about figuring out what foods um, trigger this allergy in me. You know, we have an allergy of the body and that sets us apart. And it it sets up this obsession of the mind and we're bodily and mentally different. And um, if that's you, there is hope here and this program does work. There is a solution and it's a good one. And thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Oh. Okay, who would like to share on what Kathleen read? Ginger C. Okay, Ginger C. Millie B. Sorry. Who is that with the M? Millie B. Ruth M. Okay, Ruth M. Joyce. I'm sorry, I have to take one at a time. I can't discern. Try try again. One, if we can. Sarah W. Okay, thanks, Sarah. Sarah W. Millie D. Millie B. Who else? Wendy Um, M. Millie B. And who else? Wendy M. Wendy, is that Wendy B? M. Wendy M. Okay, great. Robin Jody. Uh, Somebody with S at the end? Lisa S. Lisa S. Okay, great. There was one more if you want to try again. Riazzi B. Riazzi B. Okay. Robin Joe B. And Robin Joe B. Okay. That's a good list. I have Ginger C., Ruth M., Sarah W., Millie B., Wendy M., Lisa S., Razzi, Roazzi KB., and Robin Joe B. Okay, please get us started, Ginger. Yeah, good morning. Thank you. Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. But what about the real alcoholic? At some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. You know, and this is just so sad. It just reminds me of exactly where I was at the end. And again, I always say, thank God for every beautiful bite because one lesson I may not be sharing as a recovered member today. But this is the pain of it. Once I start, I cannot stop. And this disease progresses. Any addiction is only going to get worse. The Titanic's going down. 
And thank God we have life preservers today. We have these 12 steps to get out of this nightmare. But, you know, that is the reality. We lose all control. And I never understood it. You know, my sponsor would tell me over and over, in a way, ginger, sugar is skull and crossbones, poison. You cannot touch it, eat it. But it never registered head to heart. And until I fully conceded to my innermost self that I am a real compulsive overeater and without this divine help, I'm screwed, I'm not going to go anywhere. Step one is vital. It has to be taken 100%. And again, it's the research I had to do in order to get to that place, and I'm so grateful that it happened. So if you're in the food and you're struggling and you're on the line listening, don't give up. But I would pray because that's where my beginning began. It wasn't putting the food down. It was through a prayer because I was dying and I was suicidal. And I'm just lucky to be alive. But I said that most desperate prayer. I said, God, help me. And God, listen. The world of the spirit, and I have been reborn. And it's amazing, and it absolutely is real. What you're hearing on these lines is real. So don't give up. Keep listening and keep praying. And with that, thank you, Ginger C. Ruth M., please go ahead. Hi. This is, I'm sorry, this is Ruth M. Um, can I be heard? Yes, you can, Ruth. Okay, thank you. Yeah, um, this really, really, you know, I listened somewhat to the meeting this morning, um, and, but I didn't catch because I was at work and then now I'm on my break. But the moder- moderate drinker, um, where it says he may start off as a moderate drinker, and that was me. Um, I started off um, as a moderate drinker and a moderate pot smoker, and you know it it um, it progressed, and now I am. I thank you God for this program and my sponsor. I have I've learned how to understand myself and I have been able to accede to my most inner self about my addiction. I am a real compulsive overeater. I was a real drug addict. I didn't get all of that stuff, you know, this this book was very foreign to me. I didn't get it. But today it's like it leaps out at me. I'm I'm working with a recovered sponsor. I have been abstinent for abstinent for about two weeks and I am a chronic, chronic relapser. But this has never spoke to me like it speaks to me today because now honesty was the key. I kept on relapsing and relapsing and relapsing and not believing that I was a real compulsive overeater. After being a real drug addict, being in and out of treatment, and then I put that down and um, I picked up the food. So the behavior just kept going on and on and on. So I know today that I'm a real compulsive overeater. I cannot um there's there's things that I cannot put in my body and act, actually I don't want to but for the grace of God I have a new lease on life I feel extremely grateful every day and every day I say it's not worth it to t- to taste this or taste that or have this or have that because I think about it. So I use my program. And I am just so grateful, so grateful to still be alive and to still have this opportunity. This does work. 
and I am so happy that I know it now and that it's that, that it's clear to me who I am and what I have to do and I and I have a program and I can use this this program and this book as a blueprint for living and I'm just I'm just so grateful I'm that's kind of lost for words, you know. But I'm just grateful, and um, like the first person says, don't give up and keep praying. Thank you, Ruth M. You're welcome. Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service, Sarah W., grateful, compulsive overeater. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, Something is really hidden lately, and it, it, it really connects with this. And that is sometimes people get so caught up in where they're at. Not that it's a bad thing, but, you know, to understand where we're at is fine. But if somebody comes to us and they want help, I used to say, are you a real compulsive overeater? I don't say that anymore. The feeling I have is that somebody that comes to me for help wants help. And if they're not willing to do the work or they're not ready, that will show itself. But I think oftentimes uh, we can get caught up in all the the jargon about it. Um, and I think some of us are so fragile that it's so important. I've received a lot of calls lately from people that are really wounded by things that people say. And, you know, no matter where I sit in this disease, um, you know, love and tolerance is my code, no matter what. Um, and I think we really need to think about that. I mean, people kill themselves over just one sentence. It's like being a bully. So I just have to say that, um, you know, if people are hurting because of where they're at in the food, they're hurting because of where they're at in the food. It's wonderful to know. But I have vacillated in and out of these places where I felt like I was way over the top, where at times I felt like I was moderate. And if I'm looking for help, I sure as heck hope that there's a hand of OA that will reach out to help, really, truly. And I'm saying this from my heart because, you know, people become suicidal, and I would never want that to happen because of what I said. And I hope you'll think the same thing. God bless you all, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Millie B., please go ahead. Can you hear me? I can. And this is Millie D., recovered in um, San Diego. Uh, Could you please time me? I have highlighted all over my book in these three um, paragraphs. Can you hear me okay? Yes, and I am timing. Okay, great. And, um, you know, I've dabbled in all of these things. I've I've dabbled in drink. I was a moderate drinker. I was a heavy drug user. But I have been a compulsive overeater my entire life. And um, even though with drugs, I was arrested twice. I um, got hepatitis B. I was a very heavy drug user, but I always had my food. I did all of those things because I was a fat woman yearning to be accepted in some group of people and drug users accepted me openly and I got into it with them but I always had my food when I put those other things down I could I never did that stuff at home I never did it at home only when I was out socializing quote unquote with others and I um, but I had my food I always had my food but When I put both of the things down, when I put drink down, when I put drugs down, I still had my food, and I could never stop. I would diet. I would lose the weight. I know chicken and broccoli is better for me than a hot fudge sundae. I'm not stupid. I could not stop eating no matter what. And so when I reached out to God, God was there. And that is the solution for me in this program. This is not about what I use, whether it's booze or drugs or food. It's about why I use them. And this book has the answers for me. It teaches me that I can live one day at a time 
if I follow the directions in this book, and it's it's such a relief, you know, it's such it's such. So I can I can breathe. I can breathe. I can relax. I can live happily in life, no matter what happens to me. And you know, I've had some difficult things happen in the in the almost 16 years that I have been here, and I have put my alcoholic foods down. But because of this book, and because of the support that I get from from the fellowship and the people and the and from my higher power. I am able to live one day at a time as long as I continue to work this program one day at a time. And I'm so grateful for this meeting because it really um, keeps me in the program. It keeps me in the solution every single day. I go to face-to-face meetings, but I don't go to them every day, and I get, I get to come here every day. So I thank you all for being there and uh, allowing me to share today, and I pass. Thank you, Millie D. Um, Wendy M., please go ahead. Uh, Yes, good morning. Wendy M., recovered in uh, Colorado, and so grateful to be on the line. Thank you, Kathy, for your service and everybody for your shares. And everyone just who's on the line, um, and I thank God for the abstinence I had this morning. So it says here, what about the real alcoholic? And um, I absolutely concede to my innermost self that I'm a real compulsive overeater. And it's not an intellectual thing at all. I grok it. It's in my body. I know in my soul, in my body, I know I'm a compulsive overeater. There's absolutely no um, evidence to the contrary at all. And I thank God that I know that today, you know, and I started out, I'm, you know, I'm the real deal. Also, I started out, I'm convinced I was sucking my thumb in my mother's womb. I came out sucking my thumb and I didn't stop, stop sucking my thumb till I was 11 years old and then began the food and the food was also early. So I, I never stopped eating, but I have to say this, this idea that we begin to lose all control of my eating consumption. And that's just the case for me. Um, And my most frantic eating, my most incredibly crazy animalistic eating was in Overeaters Anonymous. And I love the fact I'd be in a cupboard and I'd count my 10 crackers out and then I would eat them like an animal. It was ravenous. I devoured them. Uh, You know, I would measure out my popcorn. It was measured, don't you know? And I'd inhale it as quickly as possible. So the disease got worse. Um, And I was sponsoring people and probably giving talks all over the place uh, while I was inhaling my food. Uh, So it just just got worse and worse. And thank God it got worse. You know, thank God I lost all control. Thank God I was desperate enough to, you know, to take, to take direction from someone uh, who does the big book and through this way. And, um, you know, I do say to folks, are you desperate? Because, and are you really a compulsive overeater? I've worked with people who after a while they keep relapsing. And I say, you know what? I'm not convinced you're a, the real deal. And they, they're like, I don't think I'm the real deal either. So, and that's fine, you know, bless them. Um, and the other thing is the only relief here is entire abstinence. And I love to say that it's easier to be entirely abstinent than it is to be in the food. It's just, that's just been my experience. Um, and that's all I have. I just have my experience. So, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of, this whole thing is just a miracle. It really is. And then finally, just the word control. I just adore that word because for me, it describes my disease to a T, not just my lack of control with food, my lack of control with people, places, and things. And my desire when I'm out of control to try to control everything that moves, including the food. Um, and I, I notice it's, it's, you know, it's throughout the book, this word control, because um, that's such a big part of my addiction. Um, you know, my addiction, again, to the food, but also my addiction to people, you know. Um, and I, I love, and thanks for letting me share it. Thank you, Wendy. Um, uh, Lisa F., please go ahead. Great, thank you. Hello, my name is Lisa S. in Colorado. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater bulimic and grateful to be here. Um, and so grateful we're, we're studying step one. I just, um, it's, 
every day I see more and more how important step one is. And when I read it on the wall, um, it says we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. And when we really study this in our textbook here, um, it helps us go deeper. It helps us really, really see and hear. And when we, we discuss it like this on the line and really drill in, you hear from all these amazing people that this is serious, right? Like, because for me, for so long, it was like, well, obviously I'm powerless over food. My life has become unmanageable. Check that box. And, um, and that was in my head. And I actually, as I say that out loud right now, think, you know, that's part of how our disease, um, which is a disease of the mind and body, but definitely mind powerful. It's part of the way the disease tricks us. It goes, yeah, you're powerless. Keep on going, girl. Oh, sure. You believe in a higher power. Come on, let's keep going. Yeah, just clear your past. Oops, I'm binging again. And I am um, one who has had chronic relapse. And so for me, this time through, it is so amazing because I have been able to really concede to my innermost self, which is way different than admitting I'm powerless. Like taking that step to a deeper level on the heart of hearts every day, because whether you're brand new to this program or you've been in it for forever, we are one little slip away in the mind of incorrect thinking um, from losing that step one and forgetting we're powerless. That progressiveness, this disease, it's always trying to convince us to come back. It really misses us. So it's going to throw thoughts at me like it does. And now I know if I have thoughts that, oh, I'm normal, um, that's okay. I, I, I see those thoughts for what they are, and in my heart of hearts, I remember what the real deal is. And I remember this because if I don't know in my heart of hearts that I am sick, then there's absolutely no reason to move on to step two. And we're not at that step two yet, but we don't need anything if we think we're okay, or we think someday we'll be okay, or we think someday we're going to graduate. So again, thanks everybody for continuing to drill into um, step one in this chapter on these pages. Thank you very much, Lisa S. Leah TD, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for all of you being in the meeting. Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful meeting. I heard so much, you know, and I love, you know, I'm flawed. I mean, there's things that I have said over the years. I've been almost 18 years clean. And just uh, things that I have said, that was they were wrong. <laughs> and I've said things that I don't say anymore or I didn't say things that I say today. And, you know, there's no one in this room that doesn't have the intention to be of help, help to others. We're all here flawed. And thank God that God is the one that governs our the whole thing. And... Um, and what I wanted to say about this, uh, the reading today is that, you know, the moderate drinker that can give up entirely, take it or leave it alone. And there's the hard drinker that if something, if the doctor tells him, you know, you're going to die, they're able to stop. And then there is the act, the person that loses control of her eating consumption once she starts eating. I crossed the line, and, um, you know, Dr. Uh, Silworth met with Lewis, Bill's wife, at some point, and he told her, your husband crossed the line from bad habits to obsession. And Bill elaborates on that. He says, it's a true insanity that condemns me to drink against my will. And that was my experience. You know, I had that obsession, a true obsession that condemned me to eat uh, against my will. How many times I didn't want to eat? I knew what's going to happen. I knew. I never ate and said, well, this is going to be really good. I knew what's coming, the pain, the despair, the hopelessness, physical pain, the you know, body. I, but I still, it was against my will, and I couldn't do it. And for me, you know, some people, they discovered that they have this, 
illness through the steps or through another human being, and they say, okay, I'm willing to put the foot down. For me, I didn't even know the nature of my illness. After years, God took away the foot from me because I couldn't do it anymore. It was too painful to do this. And then years later, with the rest of the obsession, I had to dig in the book and, and really see, oh, that was my problem. I didn't know that. So we all come in different ways. It's all beautiful. You know, and I have to remember that um, I don't have to remember anything. It's, I feel it in my bones. I know who I am in my bones. And, and I'm, I'm done. Okay, I guess. And I love you all, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Liat T.D. Um, Robin Joe B., please go ahead. Hi, thank you. This is Robin Joe B. I'm going to have to pass. I'm so sorry. Okay, thank you, Robin. Um, so it's time for us to take some more names. Who else would like to share? Kathy
so that they can obsess about something all day around the food, but then they, they eat it and they realize it's making them sick, so they stop and they go, oh, I can't do this. You know, it makes me sick. So they they don't have the craving. And then there's someone who has the craving and eats it but doesn't obsess about it all day. Well, there's a difference there for me because I will obsess and I will eat um, trigger foods or binge foods or alcoholic foods, whatever you want to call them, and then I'm off to the races. And you know what? What happens is all my relationships go down the tubes. They don't matter. And so for me, I am I am a true compulsive reader, and I just invite everybody on the line to look at their history because that's what I did. I had to look at the history and what happened for me. And um, I, I realized um, that I am a true compulsive overeater. And what it really took me to understand this was reading the doctor's opinion to help me to understand. And um, especially on Roman numeral 28, it talks about um, being addicted to ease and comfort, to um, eating when it was injurious, and I knew it, but I would do it anyhow. Um, I couldn't stop from starting, um, and so I look at my history, and, you know, also, I ate at everything and everybody, and I thought I could stop and control it, but I couldn't. I couldn't stop from starting, and so it's real important for me to understand that I am a true compulsive reader because the only thing that's going to help me is the book, this book, the steps, and getting unblocked from a higher power, it's going to keep me abstinent and keep me abstinent happily and contently and recovered. And recovered for me means that my higher power has removed the mental obsession so that I can live freely and be happily abstinent and contently. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Uh, Terry H., please go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive reader, bulimic anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today, even on this rainy day in North Carolina. Um, yeah, I really like this information in the book, this this piece on, on moderate drinkers, hard drinkers, and compulsive, the real alcoholics, because this helped me to understand who I am not. Um, and, you know, going through that process, all the way up until this point, you know, I definitely learned in the doctor's opinion that I had an allergy to certain foods, but I didn't quite connect that I was a compulsive overeater. I just thought, you know, for a period of time, I was a bulimic and anorexic, um, and I had an eating disorder. And, you know, as I um, continued to read with my sponsor in this book and understand what it was being said, you know, there are those uh, foods that I was allergic to that I am allergic to today that I compulsively ate. You know, I ate boxes of cereal. I ate, you know, half gallons of ice cream. And, and sugar was that, you know, ingredient that I identified as, you know, that uh, alcoholic alcohol for me. And so, you know, I was really grateful that this piece was in the book. I, I remember sharing one time that I, I wished it was earlier in the book <laughs> so that I could, ha you know, understand a little bit more. But is it exactly where it is, you know? Um, and it helps me to know who I am today. Um, you know, when I understood this and, and knew that I was a 100% a, a um, compulsive overeater. My life was uh, unmanageable. I was powerless over my disease. And I had an allergy to these foods and a mental obsession. Um, I was 100% in and identified with this real alcoholic and the real alcoholic's behaviors. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just really grateful that it gives me an explanation of who I am and who I am not. And, um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Holly B., please share with us. This is Polly B. I am so grateful to be alive today as a recovered compulsive eater. And I uh, appreciate that we're reading this paragraph today uh, because I need a daily reminder that I have a daily reprieve and that I need to continue to be honest and uh, never forget that I am the hardcore type of addict. And for the first 44 years of my life, 
I was just as compulsive with food probably since I was born <clears throat> uh, because I always felt like I was starving. And uh, when I couldn't engage in other compulsive activities that kept me in a normal-sized body and I started to gain weight, it took me 15 years to come into the rooms when I had to admit that I was powerless and that I could not control anything related to my food behaviors and most of my life. And um, I'm so grateful for this program, for the community, that God gave me a guide to teach me how to go through this program, the few simple steps so that I, too, can be recovered and live in connection with a higher power. And uh, this paragraph, I hope to... uh, Reread it every day because I need this reminder. And I'm so grateful for everyone on the line and wish everyone a beautiful day. Thank you all, Pat. Thank you very much, Holly B. Leah F., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy. Um, this is Leah S.A.'s really grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So um, we are in a, there is a solution, and we are in the process of identifying if I am a compulsive overeater. And um, it wasn't easy for me to to um, admit that I am a compulsive overeater. Admit, in other words, admit it to my mind, admit it to my body, admit it to myself. And the very first time, I I was I was a, probably a compulsive overeater all my life, but uh, it didn't show in my youth. And then, when calamity or catastrophe, so to speak, um, you know, um, had hit me, there was just no other way to cope. And it 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 sounded it it felt so good. But then it didn't feel good after I finished eating. So I needed to continue and continue and continue. I think at one point in my life when I was yo-yoing up and down and and down and up, and I I think I said, you know what, if I I tell my kids this is the way the whole house is going to be, and it's going to work. And I started stacking up, and I gave them lunches, uh, uh, sliced up cucumbers and peppers and stuff. And they all came back with crinkly, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, bags, uh, precisely what I was trying to avoid. And they said, Mommy, our lunches were, our recesses were devoured. They, they were traded in. And um, now I'm thinking back to to what had happened at that time. See, even at that time, I did know that I was a compulsive overeater, but I, I didn't really admit it. So that is the solution. That is part of, that is the first process. Leah, you are a compulsive overeater. You don't know how to deal with certain situations. This book is going to get you rolling. It's going to give you a guideline. It's not going to solve your problems, but it's going to give you a guideline. For crying out loud, I never knew how much and how, how, how huge these steps mean to me. And it, it really and truly is a miracle. And thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. And Stacy K., you'll be our last share today. Good morning. This is Stacy K. Um, thanks, Kathy, for your service. Thanks, everybody, for their shares. I just wanted to speak to the progression of this disease because when I, when I first came to OA, it was almost 30 years ago, and it was at the same time that I um, came to AA and Al-Anon. <laughs> and um, I felt like I needed all. And I knew, I knew that I was a compulsive overeater then, but I was not done, obviously. And I didn't stick around. Then there were, time passed, I stayed sober and I worked 
the 12 steps and I use the big book like my life depended on it for my other program. And um, I got some relief. I got some relief from compulsive overeating. Eating. I, I felt I had some freedom from that. But my, the disease continued to progress over the years. And I would keep poking my head into OA, but I, I wouldn't stick um, because I still wasn't done. And I was resisting. I, I could always, the hair up on the back of my neck and everything when I came into the rooms and I didn't like it. But then... I think what happened, like I've heard heard everybody talk about, is this progression and this gift of desperation um, that happened, and I was able to put both feet into OA. But it was still a while for me to get entirely abstinent. I was trying really hard, and I don't know what that was about because I knew I was a compulsive overeater, but I think I still could manage it. You know, I didn't. I didn't think that I was that bad or I don't know. I think other things were worse. I'm not sure what was going on with me all those years. But I remember the last time I, when, when I came and I got a sponsor in OA and he said, go get a nutritionist and when you're absent in a few days, call me. And I just wanted to, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever. And I, I got like this old diet and, and, I couldn't stay on it for a day. I could, I used to be able to diet, right? I used to be able to, I diets worked and I couldn't even for one day, I couldn't do the food plan. It certainly wasn't one. I, I wasn't willing to get a nutritionist, but it was a food plan, but I just couldn't do it. And um, that's how my disease had progressed, but it was still two years later before I said, okay, God, I'm done, you know, until I was done. And until I saw just how powerless I was. So that's all I have. And thank you so much. Thank you, Stacy. And it is now time for us to close the meeting. Uh, we will close with the big book on page uh, 164. And I will add... Yes, Chrissy G., please go ahead. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.